I don't know, but she has a memorial to her at the um, Equal Justice Initiative um, thingy. That's like, good. I like over Rosa in Montgomery. Parks. Rosa Parks was a good person. She's a Hell badass, yeah. but yes. she was actually not like this, like um, Uh-oh. really uh, dainty, like old woman. Like she used to sit on oh. her porch with like a shotgun, like, and if the KKK oh, came ready. around, she was like fucking shoot them. Wow. I wonder and so they painted she her. Got that yeah, she didn't give a fuck. Well, she, they painted her as this like poor old woman because that would help like surge yeah. this revolution. But she Which was a badass. Yeah, mm. she and she actually didn't sit in. It was like she wasn't sitting in the front of the bus. She, she was, was like sitting like right the on middle. the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So like technically she was okay, but then she wasn't. Yeah. They kind of like blew up the story a little bit to work with their narrative. But honestly, she's I mean, she's no, a pretty badass. The whole NAACP person. at the time had this whole mission. I mean, Cla- you, you, you've heard of Claudette Colvin, who was the first person to do Rosa Parks. Um, yes. Thing, um, but the NAACP was like, oh, that's a good idea, and then sent Rosa to kind of make it big. Mm-hmm. And um, it did, man. But, but shouts out to Rosa. Without her, we wouldn't have had the civil rights movement. Honestly, yeah. she started it. She right. was the she catalyst. She sparked that shit. Exactly. Hell yeah. Yeah. 1955, boy. Hell yeah. <laughs> so we start with, fuck yeah, Rosa Parks. Fuck, fuck yeah, yeah, Rosa Parks. That's, you know, positive. <laughs> I like positive. that. Positive. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fast Pass, the history podcast in close to 30 minutes or less. As always, I am Jason. And I am Megan. And I am Chris. Again. Yeah. Again. (laughs) (laughs) And today, we are talking about and remembering the life and legacy of Nelson Mandela, the man who fought for and ended apartheid in South Africa. Roli Lala Mandela was born on the 18th of July, 1918, in Mvezo, South Africa. The name in the Josa language meant troublemaker. (laughs) See, Roli Lala was born into noble ancestry. Quote, his father was a nobleman of the Thembu dynasty, one of the largest tribes. Mm. And being of this tribe, his clan honorific Madiba associated him with his aristocratic Thembu lineage. And it wasn't until Roli Lala mm-hmm. had his first school teacher who would give him his European name of N- Nelson. Uh, Nelson suggested in his autobiography that the name Nelson was inspired by the British sea captain Lord Nelson. So these three names each hold a particular meaning. Roli Lala symbolizes resistance. Madiba symbolizes social structure. Nelson symbolizes heroism. So pretty much right from the get-go, we can tell that this is going to be someone to look out for in the history and future. Mm -hmm. And I uh, guess the saying, names have power, especially in this case, is very true. Mm -hmm. But life wouldn't be easy for Mandela growing up. He started at a Methodist school at the age of seven, and he would be the first of his family to receive a formal education. At the age of nine, his father would pass away and, quote, he was taken in by the Thembu regent, end quote, because he was set to receive, uh, uh, he was set to eventually become an advisor to the future king of the tribe. The odd part about this was that his father was rich, of course. He was rich enough to actually have four wives and 13 children. My God. And uh, (laughs) any parent knows that kids can be expensive. True. Uh, But the weird part about this was that Nelson was the first son of his third wife, So it's odd that he would be the one chosen for the undertaking rather than one of the other children. Mm -hmm. True. But it is said that Nelson's mother was the favorite of the four wives, which apparently held sway with the Thembu regent. Yeah, but his royal clout would come to be an issue some years down the line. Um, First, he was going to school. And at the age of 19, he went to another another Methodist school in uh, Fort Beaufort and then went to the University of Fort Hare. The protest he attended was a boycott about the quality of the school's food, of all things. It wouldn't be until years later that he would take his stance against apartheid. But since uh, since I'm bringing it up, and it's going to be a major point in his adult life, uh, Meg, can you just give us a general rundown on apartheid and explain why it was so bad? Sure, I'm going to do a full episode on this later, so let's make it condensed. 
So essentially at the core of it, apartheid was racial segregation. Apartheid is the African word for separateness or aparthood. It was established in 1948, but it started as far back as the 18 and 1806, where the imperialist Europeans made it a white ruled, white run nation. Only white people could hold government positions. And in the election of 1948, any white person felt disempowered by a black workforce and did all in their power to make the life um, more difficult for people who were non-white. People would be classified by their color. Some were forced to move and native South Africans would be split up by tribe and forced to live with only that tribe. They would be stripped of all their citizenship when the homelands became independent. So essentially trying to kick them out of the country that the white people were trying to completely control. There's a lot more that goes on to that, but again, I'll save that for our next episode. Yeah, um, but let's get back to Mandela. Yeah, because uh, Mandela would take courses at the University of Witwatersrand. Yeah. Witwatersrand, yeah. Witwatersrand uh, to, to become a lawyer. He would obtain a position uh, at a lawyer's firm thanks to Walter Sisulu. That's a quote. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, Sisulu was the leader of a group called the ANC, and because Sisulu... Uh, because of Sisulu, excuse me, Mandela would eventually join the ANC. What does the ANC stand for? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, the ANC stands for the African National Congress. The ANC was, quote, a party founded to defend the interest of South Africa's black community. Mm. It was around this time he met and married Evelyn Mace. This happened in 1944. He got his political career started in that year as well. He had founded the ANC Youth League. Yeah, and it, but it wouldn't be until uh, the 1950s, though, that he would become a prominent figure in the party. The downside of this is that his marriage to Evelyn would fall apart because of his devotion to the cause that he believed in. Now, this really, really sucked because they had four kids together. Yikes. But in 1952, Nelson Mandela and an, a man named Oliver Tambo founded the, black, the first black lawyer's firm in South Africa. Five years later, he would meet a woman named Winnie Mendizik, Mendizela? Mendiki Zella, excuse yeah. me, Mendiki Zella. Uh, the two of them would get married and have two kids despite having only been together for a year at that point. And the fact that she was 16 years younger than him. Hmm. Hmm. First of all... Like they'd been together for a year and was, then they had two kids, not two kids in the span of a year. I was going to say, I, I don't think the incubation period of a fetus yeah. uh, that lines yeah. up, but you know. 16 years, that's... um. Yeah, that's good for yeah. I don't mm, mm, sure. Mm. What is that like a generation, two generations? Imagine like you're 16, you're going through puberty and they were just born. Yikes. Yeah. When you look at it fucking that way, just it's, like it's a little to the hospital and fucking, saying fucking yikes. That one. Again, I know it's a different cultural like right, right. place, different, but different for culture. me yeah. like that's a little yikes. Yeah. No, that's a Well, uh sadly, we have to go <laughs> from uh awkwardly bad to just straight up despicable. Quote, on the 21st of March 1960, a peaceful demonstration in Sharpville was violently suppressed, leaving 69 people dead and around 180 injured. In the wake of the Sharpville massacre, all the parties fighting apartheid, including the ANC, were outlawed, which meant that Mandela and the party's other leaders were driven underground. This was an extremely fucked up situation in response to a peaceful protest, and it was at this moment that my homeboy, Nelson Mandela, went from MLK to my main man, Malcolm X. Now, uh, Nelson Mandela was convinced that an armed struggle was necessary to defend his ideals, and he was right. They even created a new branch of the ANC that was armed for these reasons. However, members of the Umkonto we Sizwe? Yeah. Woo! Uh, they, they, um, they were a new group, 
and they didn't want to cause any human casualties because they didn't want to escalate the violence. Mm. So the group limited themselves to acts of sabotage. Smart. Now, uh, Nelson spent two years doing this underground activity before he was eventually caught and imprisoned uh, on August 2nd, in August of 1962. Not long after, most of the other ANC leaders were also imprisoned. They were brought on high treason charges and sentenced to a life imprisonment. Damn. When he entered prison in 1964, he was 46 years old, and it was during this time in the notoriously brutal Robben Island prison that he would become an increasingly well-known figure that, quote, came to symbolize the struggle against the racist apartheid regime, end quote. It was also during this time that apartheid gained international notoriety and was being condemned. In 1982, Mandela was transferred, along with his other ANC comrades, to uh, Polsmore Prison in Cape Town. Two years later, in 1984, after 20 long years in prison, the Afrikaner government reached out to him for secret negotiations. So from the age of 46 to the age of 66, he spent in prison before the government reached out and tried to find a way to save face and not get entirely trashed from all the shit that was going on on a global scale scale that they were getting from the global scale. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy was locked up for 20 years and then they wanted to fix things at that point. Like, that's messed up. It's only because they got called out on their shit that they would try to fix it. If if you're not called out... They like if no one was going to call him out on the bullshit, he would have stayed there. Yeah, it would have just kept you happening. They're lucky years. that it, they got this global attention, or else, you know, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah. some wild shit, man. A lot of things go brushed under the rug, and that's why atrocities keep happening because no one's paying attention to them. Yeah, yep. I agree. Yeah, but it wouldn't be until 1990 that the ban on the ANC would be lifted, and the imprisoned members would be released shortly after. Mandela's release was celebrated all across South Africa, and he continued laying groundwork in these now not-so-secret negotiations. The question is, what was he laying the groundwork for? Democracy. The negotiations were, quote, to lay the groundwork for a democratic state amidst a backdrop of constant clashes between the country's different racial communities. Mm. Now, while this was happening politically, in his personal life, he separated from his wife, Winnie, in 1992, and the divorce was finalized in 1996. The end of apartheid came right in the middle in 1994. And if we remember 1994 for any other reason, it is the start of the Rwandan genocide. Just a little global perspective there. Yeah. But uh, unsurprisingly, when South Africa held its first democratic elections, Mandela would win and be elected president. He would only serve one term before stepping down, uh, not before doing his damnedest to work towards reconciliation. Despite stepping down, he would remain a highly respected figure in South Africa. And on his 80th birthday, he married Gracia Makel, uh, the widow of the former president of Mozambique. But from 2012 onwards, his age really started to show and his health was declining. He died on December 5th, 2013. His death was met with an outpouring of grief from figures all over the world and, quote, the world paid tribute to the hero of South African reconciliation, end quote. He touched the hearts of many people everywhere with what he's done, and he's respected by many people everywhere, Uh, even some people of high influence and others of notoriety. Nadine Gromer wrote in her book, Living in Hope and History, quote, Nelson Mandela is the famous man today. One of the few who, in contrast with those who have made our 20th century infamous of fascism, racism, and war, will mark it as an era that achieved advancement for humanity. He, so will his name live in history, the context in which he belongs to the world. Bill Shipsey, the founder of Art for Africa, said, quote, More than any other living person, Nelson Mandela has come to symbolize all that is hopeful and idealistic in public life. Mm. And here's one from Fidel Castro in 1991, quote, If one wanted an example of an absolutely upright man, that man, that example, would be Mandela. 
If one wants it an example of an unshakably firm, courageous, heroic, calm, intelligent, and capable man, that example and that man would be Mandela. I did not just reach this conclusion after meeting him in person. I have thought this for many years. I identify him as one of the most extraordinary symbols of this era, end quote. And it's really interesting that uh, Fidel Castro would say this because while in the global perspective of things, the United States has not condemned the apartheid happening in South Africa because we were dealing with Jim Crow and um, civil rights ourselves. Mm -hmm. It was actually Cuba who condemned apartheid in South Africa. So I think it's interesting Mm -hmm. that America is painted as this kind of champion of like progress Mm -hmm. and we kind of paint Fidel Castro as this like evil, like epitome of evil. So I wonder, and I'm gonna do more research into him, what Fidel Castro is actually like if we don't take the American perspective on things because yeah. he clearly had some things right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and there you go. There, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> there you That's go. Nelson Mandela. Um, he's a bit more recent than most of our other people because yeah. he passed mm-hmm. away in 2013. And most of his life is focused uh, years back, and that's what we're focusing on because this man has left a legacy behind. Yeah. He was a symbol of equality, peace, and so much more. And he's globally recognized for his deeds, even if they were deemed illegal by the government. Because in the, the, the perspective of things, apartheid was legal. And just because it was legal doesn't mean it was right. Yes. Segregation was legal. Jim Crow was legal. Slavery was legal. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nazi Germany and what they're doing to the Jews was legal. Yes. And it wasn't right or good in any way, shape, or form. So just know that... Legal does not always mean right. Yes. And that's what makes Mandela such a great man. He stood up against these, quote, legal issues. Um, He stood up for what he believed in, and he stood by it with every ounce of his being. Mm -hmm. He toppled the racist regime with his charisma and determination. That's why I wanted to do Mandela for Black History Month, because despite everything, he did all of this work, but in the end, he still had peace in his heart. Mm. Shout out Mandela. And the rest is history. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again on another episode. If you want to request anything from us, you could either DM us on Twitter at FastPass1 or send us an email at FastPassPodcast at gmail.com. Um, you could also follow us on Twitter because I attempt to keep up with Twitter. Um, and Chris, you want to plug yourself here? Thanks uh, for coming on again. Uh, Thank you. Um, listen, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if, you, if you don't know... Um, now you know. Now you know. I mean, follow me on Instagram if you don't know Chris Grant, the actor. Um, you'll, you'll, um, I don't know. You'll be hearing from uh, him next week. You'll be hearing week. from me. Yeah, you'll be because he's uh, actually doing our next week's episode. Yes, written and, all uh, by him, yeah. researched all by him. So we that's thank my you. plug. That is my plug. That's Listen to plug. next week's episode because I'm going to yeah. be ranting like a oh, motherfucker, right? Yeah, like can. a motherfucker. We've <laughs> <laughs> been saying curse words. This we have. <laughs> So listen to next week's episode. I'm going to go off. Yeah. We've got two more little fun facts for you. Uh, Megan brought it up before we started recording, but uh, what was it, the movie Invictus? Yeah, Invictus. It was um, about what, lacrosse it or soccer? It was about uh, soccer and the South African team. Yes. And it was because of Mandela that in 2010, South Africa won the bid to host the World Cup. Mm. And I forget what the other fun fact was that I was supposed to say. Oh, did you tell them about the, the, the Mandela effect? Oh, we did not talk about the Mandela effect, but you kind of talked about that with, with Malcolm X. Oh, go listen to the Malcolm X podcast if you want to hear more about <laughs> That <coughs> was our Mandela second little effect. plug. Listen to Malcolm if you want to know about Mandela. <laughs> <laughs> it all ties together, people. Yeah. And until next time, bye bye Oh, fuck. Now I remember what it was. <laughs> it, was uh, it was Harvard. Oh, yeah. 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 So I need to do more research on it because I don't have uh, credible sources 
so take what I'm going to say with a grain of salt. Um, apparently, Harvard was invested in the apartheid. Like, they had money, like, on the, the white government in apartheid, where they were down to keep the racial segregation a thing. And it wasn't until students of Harvard found out that Harvard had money in this and began to uh, protest and boycott and really fuck up Harvard's image that Harvard's like, you know what? We want to keep making money. We should take our money out of this situation because it makes us look bad. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wait, that's just, um, that's just, that's just uh, the American thing to do. Mm. I feel like we put our hands in everything that could be sketchy and dirty. And then when we get called out on it, we're like, Oh, uh, oh, I didn't realize until right now that it was a bad thing. Oh, I didn't know. I am so, so sorry. I didn't realize that apartheid was bad. Oh, yeah. no. Fuck Harvard. Sorry, I had to say that. I mean, actually. I mean, agreed, because, I'm, like, they're expensive as shit and elitist and bougie as all hell. Fuck Harvard. There we go. Yeah. That's, that's the energy I'm that's, looking that's for. Okay, we're canceling them, I guess. This but, uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's just uh, my personal opinion on Harvard. I need to find more credible sources. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, but sorry, otherwise, Harvard, until proven guilty. Until proven until guilty, proven guilty you're, you're good. Until proven guilty, <laughs> they're fine on this topic. But then being elitist and bougie, yeah, no, still fuck that. Fuck Harvard. Yeah. Cool. We're good. Uh, once again, thank you for joining us, and uh, <laughs> bye bye <Bye-bye>. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>